conversation, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Movie Spawn of Satan, <laughs> Melissa Kirscher. Hello. And uh, we I, have... That wasn't very Satan enough. I'm, I'm sorry. It's all right. I didn't really give you a time to no, practice. No, you didn't, Tim. So, my you apologies. <laughs> and we are joined by, uh, we're going to call him our movie, what do we say, Acolyte. That's what we'll call him. Uh, Kyle Decker. Hi, Kyle. Hello. Hi. And now, uh, for those regular listeners, you might be wondering, hey, uh, they've been gone for a couple of months. Yeah. 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 Melissa and I had really busy schedules, and we could not figure out when to get together to record. (laughs) I'm shocked, Tim. I know. It's weird. It's crazy. And uh, so our plan was to watch The Big Lebowski for this episode, but uh, we couldn't get our Big Lebowski guest in for this episode. So it's it's going to happen. Yeah, Those like of next you time, I think. who have been waiting like two and a half months for The Big Lebowski, it's going to happen. But tonight, mm-hmm. we are not watching The Big Lebowski. We are watching The Omen. And Kyle won a guest spot on our podcast at Die Laughing. We had a, uh, a silent auction item. And so he uh, has seen a lot of movies. He's actually, you know, as far as a, a hasn't seen a lot of movies person, he's a tough one. But he has not seen The Omen. So, Kyle, you need to tell us what you know about The Omen. Sure. I was, I was in an earlier discussion that wasn't on the podcast, so it helps no one. Yeah, not but, at all. <laughs> uh, every, I know a lot about The Omen via pop culture references. It's... When you watch a lot of movies and television like I do, there's especially things made after The Omen. There's lots of jokes and references about it. And through kind of cultural, you know, osmosis and zeitgeist, Mm -hmm. you know, I have an idea about the film. I know it's about, uh, you know, Satan's, you know, spawn being born to a family and the family having to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then the name Damien is forever ruined for no, no, no parents can actually name their child Damien without sentencing them to a lifetime of bad jokes and, and possibly, you know, annoyance. Yes. Uh, It's true. Although, I mean, we have to be fair and say that no parent can name their child anything without sentencing them to a lifetime of, of, (laughs) Um, unless they're not going to be around other children. At least not, Children are vehement and creative little bastards. Yes, they are. Well, but, but but it would be yeah. about their name at least. They would yeah. force the little monsters to be creative about something else to be mean about. But yeah, uh, I do know that Richard Donner directed it. Yes. Uh, so the, very good. You know, I'm, I've seen pretty much all of Richard Donner's other films: the the Goonies, the Superman movies, all of the Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon movies. I even saw that t- terrible uh, Mel Gibson movie conspiracy theory he directed oh my god so <laughs> yeah i'm not okay. unfamiliar with richard donner's work richard donner a wonderful director most of the time <laughs> <laughs> he has he has directed some stinkers I, good I directors make bad choices it happens yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I've, honestly, I, uh, I'm i kind of in the same boat as Kyle. I've never seen the movie before. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those, it's one of those as, as a self-proclaimed cinephile and movie buff, it's one of those I kind of needed to check off my list. Sure. And it seemed like a good opportunity to do it. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm as, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, I'm not a big horror movie fan. I don't hate them. It's just that given the option between watching a horror movie and watching any other genre, I will pick any other genre first. So that's kind of where it's been with the omen in, in that, yeah, you know, Oh, I should watch this, but I want to watch this other thing more. 
Yeah, I think I'm almost always the person who makes you sit down and watch a horror movie. Probably true. Yeah. Probably true. And I like and, I say, and that's been for as long as we've known each other. <laughs> and as I say, I don't hate them. I just, you know, don't the, – the, everything else is more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in a similar boat. Like I only watch a horror movie if it's recommended. I don't – I'm not one of those horror fans like I'm going to get – I haven't heard this, but I'm going to seek it out. I, I'll let other people ta- – taste test for me um, the only the only exception to that through my fandom of watching movies is a john carpenter i love john carpenter every, up until the late 90s uh, yeah and he started you're about to rails. say everything and i'm like really no, 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 no. up until about you know like you know in the mouth of madness i think was his last great <laughs> film i'll agree with that. um but yeah his 70s and 80s output is some of my all-time favorite movies but as someone's like you're not a big horror fan but you're a John Carpenter fan. I'm like, oh, yeah, just I, I don't know how that works, but that's how it works. Yeah, good, good movies of any genre tend to sure. appeal to people who don't particularly like that genre. So sure, that's just, that's just the thing about good movies are good. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. And I and, and John Carpenter used to make good movies. And I think when you when you say, well, not not a horror fan or or not a comedy fan or not a whatever fan, I think most people who are movie fans are going to be like, well, I'm a fan of a good movie in any genre yeah. right. but when you get to the mediocre and bad movies you kind of go yeah I, I don't need to watch the mediocre and bad mm-hmm. horror movies that just is not worth my time but i'm like that um, with action movies action yeah. movies are probably my just i i will raw deal from arnold schwarzenegger's raw deal terrible movie but i will watch that anytime someone puts it on. so <laughs> but like, it when it comes to that genre i have no taste <laughs> <laughs> so uh we have literally talked nothing really about yeah. the omen oh, yeah. uh but that's just as well i mean if you don't know about the omen uh, i mean kyle I, I have things to say about oh you have things to say before we watch it well yeah okay what do you have to say before we watch it i i the, this was one of my favorite movies from childhood, actually, oh. <laughs> which really should explain a lot about a my childhood. formative experience. Yeah, um, it was one of the uh, early movies I taped off of, I think it was HBO or Showtime, when we first got a VHS player, and I watched the shit out of this movie. And um, I am a horror movie fan. I'm, I'm a very picky horror movie fan. I... Um, I, you know, I don't like the slashers and there, there's, there's a lot of stuff I don't like about the horror genre, but there are a few things I enjoy more than a really good horror movie. And this is one of the really good ones. Also, it's got Gregory Peck and that's hard to deny. It also has, uh, it's impossible to deny. I mean, he's in it. (laughs) He's in it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do not deny the power of Gregory Peck, but, uh, also it has David Warner, who is one of my favorite actors of all time. And uh, really rockin' Jerry Goldsmith score. Okay. So I haven't rewatched it in a couple decades, probably. So it'll be interesting to revisit it. I bet you'll still remember every single scene. I will probably remember every single shot, yes. All right. Well, uh, Kyle and I are going to go watch it for the first time, and Melissa's going to watch it for like the 142nd. So That's probably not an exaggeration. <laughs> we'll be back in a little bit after we've watched the movie.
And we are back. Many Rottweilers have growled. Many pl- many priests have been impaled by lightning rods. Well, just one priest, but he was also a Doctor Who. So there, there's a lot of grievous injury by wrought iron. Yes, wrought iron has done considerable damage. Yes, uh, and we have watched the Omen. So uh, Kyle is our official new person. It is your job to start by telling us what you thought of. The Omen. Sure. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good kind of psychological horror, if you will. Uh, it did uh, have the kind of thing of especially horror movies of this era before kind of the 80s ramp up of more intense horror movies of right. being very methodical, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't mind slower paced movies, but they tend to be from older movies, especially in the horror genre. And uh, so it... it it took a while to really get to the, I guess, mythological part of it. And it was just more of a, okay, something weird is going on. Uh, it took a while to get to the whodunit or the the why things are happening. But it Dr. Was kinda, who yeah. done it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he delivered the baby. But it was interesting. And at the same time, like, as a parent, I still have a hard time. Like, I know they, they went to great lengths to have multiple people explain, this isn't human and everything. And it's like, but the kid was cute. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have a hard time going, you know, I guess it comes to the nature, nurture argument as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if, the, if the parents hadn't been, you know you know, silver spoon ambassadors and everything so busy. They had apostates of Satan raising their child (laughs) and they had actually actively raised their child. Who cares where the child came from? And there's that, there's a big debate there. I think potentially that could be had if you wanted to talk about the film, but ultimately it was, this kid is the, the son of Satan, part of the, the unholy Trinity because they established that Satan comes in trinities as well. And he's the, antichrist part of it yeah gotta collect so, them all yeah like and Pokemon. uh so uh so you know th- he has that so it was, it was it was like it's the antichrist and they because he's the antichrist bad things are going to happen to the people around him that's ultimately what it became a vehicle for and it, in that regard it worked so. Bad things did happen to people around him. Yes, exactly. Well, well, something I like about the methodicalness of this movie is that essentially this is like a family drama that just has trappings of a horror movie. I mean, what it really is centered around is, oh shit, this family apparently is raising the son of Satan and, and hijinks ensue, I suppose. But there isn't anything you see in the movie that is not explainable by completely rational means. I mean, everything that happens, for as freaky as it is, is it? It's it's unlikely to be, you know, speared by a piece of wrought iron and then struck by lightning. But it could happen. It, it nothing. It, it doesn't have to be supernatural for it to happen. And you know, dogs acting crazy and all that stuff. I mean, it all adds up once you start looking at it in a horror movie frame. But uh, this movie was very specifically written to have no super ele- supernatural element whatsoever. It, it was meant to be as grounded as possible. And that's what uh, th- uh, the writer and Richard Donner were after. Yeah, and I think they do that really well. The, the thing that I think is a little washed over at the end is how do the cops explain a U.S. ambassador <laughs> attempting to stab his child in a church killing him? They're like, eh, we'll give him a state funeral anyway. We're just going to we're gonna 
I mean, I can kind of see it's ultimate white privilege to squash that in the newspapers and mm-hmm. everything. And then apparently now Damien, they didn't mention it explicitly, but the ambassador definitely is related, has com- some connection to the president of the United States. They did. Now, they yeah. mentioned they were college roommates. College yeah. roommates. Okay, that's yeah. what it was. Uh, oh, yeah, early on. So apparently the college roommate adopts the kid. Who happens, you know... Well, there, you know, there is a trilogy of these movies. Yeah, the, the, the POTUS has time to adopt a kid, right? Well, you yeah. know, it's a good PR, I suppose. They pretty much leave it up to his wife. I mean, that's that's what mm-hmm. happens, right? Mm-hmm. In the 70s. Yeah. But, I mean, right. when, you, when, you, when you look at it, like, from an outside point of view, well... Uh, this guy, this this man, his wife just died grievous, horrible death after a, a horrible accident, and its second horrible accident happened, and there was this, uh, it, and all these weird things have been happening around him. You know, friends of his have died, and so like how it's kind of reasonable to go, okay, he snapped and yeah. took his kid to a church to stab him because clearly shit's been going down but it doesn't necessarily have to have a supernatural explanation which is what i like about the movie so so yeah it's except those pictures i suppose yeah the pictures are weird but film behaves weird so yeah well i, I mean well, yeah film, but, but you knew the film is you, weird. you knew the reporter photographer guy was going to get to decapitate it was just well, a yeah. matter of yeah like just, i'm yeah. like when he went to get the knives that gregory oh, he was through, done. i'm he was like done. oh this yeah. is where he dies mm-hmm. and then as soon as i see the truck driver hit the uh hit the uh the brake i'm like i bet there's plate glass in the back of that truck <laughs> <laughs> like i don't and i don't mind things in movies being telegraphed like they they set up Chekhov's decapitation earlier with the <laughs> photographer <laughs> photograph so i was if they had it i would have been a little upset you know mm-hmm. uh yeah there, there are a lot up. of really kind of gruesome deaths in this movie very little gore yeah, but lots of really horrific. Like death, most of the gore was which, in that final scene where he was fighting the nanny. Yeah, like that was yeah. almost I'd say ninety percent of the blood effect. I, I tell you There's what, something... though, you know, even even in this, you know, sort of like slow paced psychological uh, demonic horror movie, uh, there's still the whole thing of you know, don't walk out of the room if you don't know she's dead. Just you oh know, yeah, yeah, do not leave her just lying there. She yeah. will be back. You dumb fuck. Because mm-hmm. literally, she is really hell bent, literally hell bent on uh, killing you. Yeah. So, that being said, yeah. the way he he uh, outsmarted the dog was one of the smartest things I've seen in a horror movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah it's there. There's a lot of smart stuff going on yeah. actually in this movie. I'm I and the only except thing for, really except for you know Doctor Who staring at the uh, thing falling from the roof and screaming of, at, instead yeah. of trying to get out of the way. It's, yeah. It's it feels like. If the devil's coming after you, you ought to run. Give it a shot, anyway. I mean, take a take a lesson from one of his later uh, incarnations as Doctor Who. Run. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Run. And he, he looks up <laughs> and he and he steps back into the and he points and screams. I yeah. think like <laughs> instead of all he had to do is like get closer to the church. You know, if he stays by the door, I don't know. The, it's the, the Prometheus problem, Tim. 
It is. It, it is. is. And hey, you know, and I'm I'm just I'm just joking. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> like they they, they like they check off photographed his death too. So oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you had to have that payoff. <laughs> um, they, like, the the only mis- mis- dumb thing Gregory Peck's character uh, was it uh, Ambassador Thorne. If he hadn't sped through out of his house and got the cops to chase after him, he would have been fine. Yeah. But because, you know, he's speeding away in a strange way and the cops are like, oh, the ambassador could be in trouble. Yeah. That was the devil that made him speed. Yeah. The devil made him The devil it. made him speed. That's going to be my next excuse if I get pulled over for speeding. Yeah. So. Not that uh, I can ever speed what, my hybrid one, car One thing I did notice, speed. and I had to look up my phone when we were watching it because it was bothering me, is the uh, ambassador Thorne, his wife, I'm like, she's insanely younger than him. She's not that much. No, she is almost twenty years younger than him. Yeah, but she did. She did die earlier than he did. Yeah, she. Uh, but yeah, yeah Liam Remick was uh, starting to star in movies in the fifties, if I remember yeah. right. But it I mean, looked like they had. Uh, yeah. she, he was born nineteen sixteen, and she was born nineteen thirty-five. So yeah. nearly twenty-year age difference. But still, by that so. time, you know, once you get to the seventies, they're old enough where a bit of an age difference isn't that bad. Sure, it's it, not it like she's still, a teenager. And no, it, it with, wasn't icky. It was yeah. more just like, was that the best casting? I, so well, I guess, well awesome. if she's gonna if she's gonna be able to get pregnant, true, yeah. she has to be young enough. And he's, you know, an ambassador and wealthy, and so we can, we can assume that he was able to mm-hmm. find himself a twenty-year-old when he was forty. Uh, when oh he, yeah, and, and Gregory Peck saw it. So yeah, yeah, I mean Gregory Peck's a very attractive man, even at and and that voice, even at sixty oh, years yeah. old at the time in the film. Yeah, this would have been. Oh yeah, know. oh yeah, that voice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, he just talked to me. It just, wasn't a bad thing. It was just, it was noticeable. That's, well, yeah. I, I, I got to mention out that it, I didn't notice it. It is by sure, far. But I, but I mean, in this particular case, because she had to be young enough to actually conceive, mm-hmm. you know, if they'd both been 60, while in very rare cases women have conceived as old as 60, that would Not be. Not during that time period, though. So, yeah. That would be yeah. something that the audience would really be like, oh, the fuck? True. Really? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's by far not the most egregious example of that. True. While I uh, while I absolutely agree that is an ongoing problem in movies, the the May December romance just being com- you know played as completely normal thing or mm. like not not just normal, it's not but even ubiquitous. played as a May December romance. It's it's yeah. like they don't even point out that the two characters are yeah. But I mean, it, at least. They're kind of in the same arena. It's it's not like Lee Remick was twenty or thirty when she took on this role. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was that's all. It was just mm-hmm. it was something I noticed, but uh, I did notice the like I noticed the the set locations. They had lots of great outdoor locations, yes. whether it was ruins or estates of big manor houses and whatnot. With one exception, we noticed the the creepy graveyard scene was obviously a soundstage. But yeah, probably for practicality. Yep. To control the yep. dogs, as we to discussed. Yes. Yeah, yeah and, and they probably wouldn't have been able to use a real... Uh, cemetery for such a scene yeah <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> hey can we can we pry open a, a grave or dig a fake grave to pry open and have dogs run through your cemetery yeah <laughs> also we want a dog skeleton in the grave is that okay is that okay is that cool 
Because a dog gives birth to the son of Satan. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, the thing, uh, and and all three of us are basically non-believers. Uh, so that was an interesting kind of perspective on, on watching this whole thing. Oh, yeah. The, the Christian mythology that was going on. Which is... Not really Christian mythology no. at all. I mean, the, the writer more or less just made up 90% of that bullshit. God, what was David Seltzer. David I, Seltzer. I haven't looked up to see if that passage, the poem from oh, the no. Revelations. Oh, no, no, no. That's totally David Seltzer. Up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He, he has since said uh, that, you know, he just did the script for money <laughs> and he made up. Most of that stuff, including the poem, it, it was all just made up. And it wasn't, it was, there was a novelization, but it wasn't based on a book. No, it, it, he wrote the novelization and it came out, I think, two months or like two weeks earlier than the movie. Right. So but it, yeah, feels, he wrote it feels more like it was a capitalization on The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Because The Exorcist was only three years prior to this and Rosemary's Baby was only a couple years prior to that. So, so this is this is very much in the 70s the, devil the, cult. The, oh, God, the, yeah. the faux Catholic mythology. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially since the, the Exorcist made huge amounts of money. Just, Not like Star Wars amounts of money. But, yeah, but enormous amounts of money, especially for a well, horror Well, at this film. point, no movie had made Star Wars That's money. That's true. Even yeah. Star Wars. That's true. Right. And this film is 76, so the next year, Star Wars is going to make Star Wars money. But before right. that, you're looking for exorcist money. Yeah, so, so there was, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s, there was, um, there was starting to be just kind of this... Uh, zeitgeist in both British and American culture where religion is starting to fall away from the people. You know, you've got the hippies in America and free love and, and there are um, a lot of um, people just kind of bucking tradition. And so as the boomers are growing up, there's a lot of this anxiety in the older population about adhering to religious mores and that so, old time religion as they and said so and so you start getting in the late 60s and early 70s you start getting this pattern of movies that really tap into that and once you hit the exorcist it it was the right movie at exactly the right time and it scared it legitimately scared a lot of people and uh people and, and it made a lot of money so a lot consider more it, a lot of people still consider it the scariest movie of all time yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and another th- a brilliant thing about The Exorcist is for a vast majority of the running time, it plays very much like The Omen. It is the, I don't think anything supernatural is going on. This kid is clearly sick. Let's try it. doctors and doctors and more doctors and CAT scans and what the hell is going on. So they try every logistical tool in the book without turning to religion. And, you know, in the exorcist case, yeah, it's pretty clearly Satan by the end. Whereas the omen, it's, it's arguable, you know, the, the thing, the, you know, you can't really I don't really know. Explain. When they, when the kid turns to the camera and smiles, I feel like oh, yeah. it's not arguable anymore. Well, that, that kid's a little demon child. But, and also the, and, and also, also the, the six, nanny. Six, the six, six, six on the scalp yeah. is hard to explain and the nanny's clearly convinced. Oh yeah, and and 
well, whether she's convinced, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. 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 That that is that is accurate. You know, but yeah, the other this thing is, this movie just plays a long game, which is what I'm after. The other thing that's interesting in this, you know, son of Satan, devil paranoia thing that's going on mm-hmm. uh, in the '70s is in the '80s. There's like a huge number, and it's not even films in the '80s. There's like all these stories of satanic cults, the Sanit, satanic panic, yeah, the satanic panic, which is all bullshit. Oh yeah, but I feel like it comes from movies like. The Exorcist and like the Omen series, yeah. That that everybody is now like, oh, everybody, there, there's this is a real thing. That mm-hmm. the son of Satan is coming, and there are these devil worshippers out there, and they're killing, they're killing goats and and whatever they're doing, uh, and killing kids, and and it, none of it was real. Oh, none of it at all. It was it was just paranoia. And while I don't know that these movies created that paranoia, I don't think they heard it. That's that's true. So, uh, so I don't know. Um, you know, and we should. Uh, you've got many notes written, Melissa, oh, mm-hmm. as you frequently do mm-hmm. when we do these podcasts. So, did you want to share any of those notes with us? There no. was one observation. <laughs> I, I had one observation I made that I thought was fantastic. That like <laughs> they would not put this shot. And the, if they made this movie today in this movie because cultural mm-hmm. perception. So in the, the first death where the first nanny hangs herself at the big birthday party, they cut to the clown like hugging a child <laughs> to consult him. <laughs> and there's this clown looking sad holding this child's like, hold me clown, I'm scared. <laughs> That's true. And now thanks to Stephen King mostly and some other things. Well, clown, John Wayne Gacy. And, John and Wayne that Gacy. clown had like John Wayne Gacy makeup, I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, that was a creepy looking clown. It was so, a pretty so, I'm, so I'm not scared of clowns. But, but that 1976, clown. that was just a clown. They're like, look, even the clown is scared. <laughs> and now I'm looking like, man, that's so scary. Someone's looking to a clown to console them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so was the first uh, I, I, the first nanny was just like what hypnotized by the devil into hanging herself? Yeah, or? she stared at the dog too long. Yeah. That, that's that's what I got out of that. Also, the other Damien waved to the dog with a smile too, so it's another did. clue that Damien might be a little. They were, oh off. yeah, they were buddies. By yeah. the way, that that nanny is Jack Palance's daughter. Oh, can she do one-handed push-ups? <laughs> I one-armed, don't know. I bet she could. One-armed, one-handed push-ups really aren't a thing. You have to use the whole arm. <laughs> so all right uh and melissa let, yes. let's learn a few things about this film well one of the things uh that branches into something we've already been talking about is you know this the concept of all these things happening in the film could be just explained away by just a series of coincidences yeah. for the longest time it's been rumored that this film was cursed because lots of bizarre shit happened on set and off set and two people who worked on the movie. So, like... Uh, two people died? People people die. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, both Gregory Peck and uh, David Seltzer, the writer, both at, at separate times in the production, two different airplanes. They got on airplanes and both the airplanes were struck by lightning. Uh, one of the uh, producers was also almost struck by lightning when he was in Rome. Uh the dogs attacked the dog trainers and uh, Gregory Peck canceled off a plane that was going to take him to, I think it was Israel or he was going home from Israel from one of the location shoots. He canceled off the plane. It was rebooked by a bunch of Japanese businessmen and it crashed, killing everybody on board. Uh, There's people were in car crashes. Richard Donner's hotel in London was bombed by the IRA. And, uh, 
soon after this movie, uh, John Richardson, who was work- one of the special effects people, was working on his next movie, I think it was. And he was in this grievous car crash where he was injured and his girlfriend was beheaded. So, yes, people die. But all these weird things, still completely logical things that could just happen and in, in, in the day. Did. In did. fact, yeah. did. They just, <laughs> a lot of them happened. But it could be, it's one of those things where I think it's just confirmation bias. Sure. Everybody's freaked at it. This is post exorcist just by a couple of years. So you're working on a movie where Satan takes over the earth. So, uh, so yeah, maybe if people start saying things are cursed, you know, after somebody almost gets uh, hit by lightning, everybody else is going to go, oh my God, this just happened to me. This awful thing happened to me and this awful yeah, thing Yeah, you happened. start noticing things. Otherwise, yeah. you just pass them off. Yeah, and, and how many people work on a movie production? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> and so so when, you, when you consider hundreds of people working on the production, yeah. the number of bad things that you said happened doesn't seem really out of line. Yeah, because... Awful things and happen to people all the time. Airplanes getting struck by lightning isn't all that unusual. Yeah, I've been in a plane that's been struck by lightning. So and that, really, it's not a bad. It's actually it's, a big shell that diffuses electricity. As yeah. long as it doesn't hit major avionics, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that was a weird thing. It's that just happened like getting hit by lightning flying. when you're in a car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's scary, but you got rubber tires touching the ground and a metal shell to deflect the electricity around you. Yeah, and the thing with peck canceling off of a plane that eventually crashes, well, isn't that good luck? I, yeah. I th- yeah, it doesn't seem I like mean, a curse at all. Right. Seems I mean, like hey, Gregory seems Peck's like the son of Satan wanted Gregory Peck to make that movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good PR for uh, Satan. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, yeah, oh. right. Seriously, look, look, he's got a cute kid in control. Yeah, well, the, Satan's got to be good. He's got a cute kid. Actually, that kid was apparently just a demon on set. I so, mean, he was he was cast because uh, he had a he had a, a glassy stare that like saw right through you, no. and his smile looked so insincere. <laughs> <laughs> well, Donner had a tough time choosing the kid. Like at one point, he was considering casting a girl because he was just so frustrated trying to find the right kid. And finally, he started trying to evaluate the kids by just saying attack me and seeing which kids would actually just attack him. And so apparently, this kid just walked up and like. Kicked him in the groin and just went ape ape shit hitting him. And he's like, okay, here's our Damien. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a pain in the ass on the set, you say. Yeah, yeah. He apparently not the best behaved kid. I, I, and and he, he apparently has a cameo in the Omen remake from 2006. Which yeah. I understand is crappy, but I don't know. I understand I that too. I haven't yeah, seen I, that. Yeah, I looked him up on IMDb as well. He only has like, his only three credits are this film, the remake is a cameo in one other film, and now it says he's a property developer, and then he got arrested for a big like uh, road rage incident a couple years <laughs> what? ago. What? He, so, he has still anger has management anger issues. Management issues. So, yeah, he, so he was arrested like four years ago, and ang- ang- like he attacked another motor. Don't you know who I am? I'm Damien. I'm Damien. He, he, should, even, just, he, he should just have a boombox with him wherever he goes. Damien. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't even he didn't even play Damien in like The Omen Part Two, did he? No, no. Um, I, oh God, I forget that actor's name. I loved The Omen Part Two. But I mean, that, the, that, that makes the sense. Omen Part and Two. Then, and then the third one was a young Sam Neill. Oh, yeah. young Sam Neill. Actually, all three of the sequels I'd have follow, something to I'd offer. follow him to the armies of hell. Man, I would Sam too. Neill. Really, I would. He's a pig farmer now. Did you know? He that? would have liked yeah. to have seen Montana. 
Yeah. Sam Neill just takes roles that interest him now. So yeah. like the only two things he's done recently are Hunt for the Wilder People. Which is great. Which is amazing. And then the Netflix Western TV series Godless. Mm-hmm. So, which I've watched the first two episodes. He's also great in. Yeah, well, he's Sam Neill. Yeah. And but. and so, otherwise, he's just ra- raising pigs. Oh, so he's the son of the devil. Well, yeah. I'd follow that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what else you got, <laughs> Melissa? Well, uh, Gregory Peck took this role because the year before, uh, his, his own son committed suicide, and he wasn't there for his kids. So, he was still in the grieving process and saw the script, and he went, He'd, he'd actually been kind of retired for the last few years, and he saw the script, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, I think I really do want to do this. And when I, he signed I, on, that's when everybody else signed on at, Acting as, well. as therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to play a parent who <laughs> barely is in his kid's life, and bad things happen because of that. <laughs> well, it, well, well, I mean, that's kind of what happened apparently yeah. he wasn't for there yeah. for his kid and and his, his kid died well his uh, kid well, killed uh, himself killed himself i mean whatever the uh, circumstances were on that i i actually don't know the details but um for uh, all the things i know about gregory peck he was you know well thought of in hollywood he was kind of this uh I mean, he's the guy who played Atticus Finch, and he was kind of like that in real life. He was very involved in civil rights. He was very much for gay rights. He uh, lobbied for funding for AIDS research. He um, was president in the Academy for a few years, at the Academy of Motion Pictures, Art, and, and Sciences. And when um, Martin Luther King got shot, he was the person who made the decision to postpone the ceremony because of it. Uh, he was just kind of, he was against the Vietnam War, though one of his sons went off to fight in the Vietnam War. He was proud of uh, his son for serving, but he was very vehement about not supporting the war itself. And uh, he was friends with Lyndon Johnson until Lyndon Johnson started really pushing for war in Vietnam. And that kind of broke off that relationship pretty well. And uh, he was the sort of guy where he formed lifelong friendships with a lot of people he worked with. And um, there are a lot of stories where an actor who was down in his luck or her luck, um, Gregory Peck would find out about, you know, pony up the money to send them to a hospital. Or in the case, I think it was Ava Gardner. When Ava Gardner passed away, he took in her housekeeper and pet dog. Huh. And uh, there are lots of stories about Gregory Peck, Gregory Peck being that sort of guy, like just just very, a good guy, just very generous and very, very much about supporting people and supporting their rights and just a very interesting guy. And so it, he he very rarely played a villain in his career, and and part of that's because. He just never comes off that way on screen. He always just kind of, which could make him an effective man. villain. It could. He just never really could pull it off. I mean, he did play Ahab in Moby Dick, and that was all right. But uh, Ahab's yeah. not a traditional villain. Yeah, yeah, that's a different thing. <laughs> Ahab is a troubled soul. Mm-hmm. But he was much more of an Atticus Finch sort of guy. 
Also, he really loved Guinness and he had a tap installed in his house. Atticus. Atticus. Sorry. Anyway. Because <laughs> we did do Dog Day Afternoon recently. We did. So that's we why did. I did that. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and this is our first movie with Gregory Peck. We haven't watched To Kill a Mockingbird. We're going to have to do that. We're going to have to do that. Because we've watched uh, Lawrence of Arabia and, you know, gone, well, why the hell did Peter O'Toole not win an Oscar? It's for because this film. Gregory Peck muscled him It's because him out. he was up against Gregory Peck <laughs> yes. as Atticus Finch. That's why. Yes. He yes. didn't win an Oscar for that film. <laughs> and we haven't watched it yet. So, all right. Yeah. So it'll we'll happen. Yeah. It'll have to yeah. happen. Let's see. What else? Uh, what else do we know? We talked a little bit about Lee Remick just because she came up earlier. Um, she was, uh, she died in 1991 of cancer. So relatively young. Uh, she was uh, nominated for an Oscar for Days of Wine and Roses, where she was acting opposite. Was it Jack Lemon? You're looking at me like I know. Yeah, you You're might. the expert. <laughs> she was also in Anatomy and the Mur- Anatomy of a Murder and A Face in the Crowd, where she debuted and did very well. Uh, but later in her her uh, acting career, she turned into a producer and uh, she formed a production company with James Garner. And uh, she has one of the most useless pieces of trivia on IMDb. Sweet. What is it? She liked chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the most useless piece of trivia? Literally the only actress in Hollywood who liked chocolate was Lee Remick. Well, isn't that weird that she <laughs> so liked odd. chocolate? There's there's just some <laughs> facts and some there's some weird things on IMDb. Isn't that great? There's Angelina some... Jolie doesn't like chocolate. I should just make it my mission to go to every actor's profile and just say they like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jack Lemmon and Dave Weinerosa. Oh, there you go. I had That's to right. I had to it's look that up. There you go. So. Uh, meanwhile, Richard Donner, uh, this was his first movie. He mm. was a uh, very busy TV director at this time, but this was the first time he actually did a feature film. And, uh, and of course, this made money hand over fist. And he did very, very well in you know, later in the 70s and into the 80s because he was the guy who made Superman and Ladyhawk and Lethal Weapon and Scrooged, which I love, and a whole bunch why, of Why are you things. saying it's so quiet? Like, it's not okay to like Scrooged. We should watch Scrooged. We should. We should totally watch Y'all, Scrooged. I love Did you say Ladyhawk? Ladyhawk. Yeah, so... Yeah, oh, it's such a and, wonderful movie, and, and except of, for the part where yeah. the that the music, oh the God. soundtrack, the soundtrack the is what, yeah, track just slaughters. Also, one of the most horrible uh, movies of the eighties. It's a very cringeworthy to watch. The you know, toy. Oh God, the toy. Yeah, that one didn't work, did it? You should talk to Duck Washington about the toy. <laughs> I will. I'll see. You really I'll should. I'll see him at rehearsal later this week. <laughs> So. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, what else? Uh, we've got David Seltzer, the writer. He was also the guy who did Prophecy from 1979, which is actually kind of fun. And he was also an uncredited writer on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So there you go. Um, oh, I should go back. Did he write the Oompa Loompa songs? No. <laughs> Since he was uncredited, how do we know? I, hmm. I'm going to say he did. <laughs> 
He wrote the Omen, Omen and the Oompa Loompa songs. I think he also uh, wrote the Omen sequels. So The Omen 2 and the Omen The Omen three. 2 electric boogaloo. I know that's a tried and true joke, so I'll put it here. The story of the Antichrist growing up and sh- killing people we should also through talk random about- chance. Yes. We should also talk about Jerry Goldsmith because the score is rocking. Yeah, that was yeah. a really good Damian. score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They didn't. He did enjoy using his uh, creepy Latin choir. Yes, that was heavily utilized. Uh, I believe the piece of music is called Ave Satan, which means Hail Satan. Hail Satan! It's, it's so metal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I bet there's probably a metal remix of it somewhere out oh, there. Oh, I hope so. So uh, at least one. Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, he was with us till about 2004 and wrote just about every piece of theme music that you can recognize out that of the isn't 70s, John Williams. 80s, and 90s. That's not John Williams. Yeah, you know, Star Trek and L.A. Confidential and. Uh, he wrote like the little Paramount jingle that was used on TV for a while. It, it just everything. He was nominated for Oscars like 18 times, 17, 18 times. And so when the omen rolled around and he got nominated again, he didn't even bother going to the Oscar ceremony because he's like, I never win these things. And then he won. This is his only Oscar. <laughs> That's a, what he gets. He's the Roger Deakins of of, yes. of composing. Yes, he's composing. the Roger Deakins of composing. <laughs> well, him and uh, Newman, I think Newman has Thomas similar, Newman had Tom tons Newman. of nominations Not, and no wins for the. They, I time. remember because when Thomas Newman won, and the audience like gives him a standing ovation, they're like, "Yeah, you finally won." I'm like, "You're the ones that didn't vote for him, assholes!" But he, <laughs> he gets up there, and the first thing he says is, "I don't want your pity." <laughs> <laughs> that was Tom and New- Thomas Newman, not Goldsmith. Go- because, not Goldsmith, yeah, because Goldsmith he wasn't was there. not even there. Yeah. Uh, Roger re- Deakins should have said that when he won this year. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Roger Deakins is rocking. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, fun tr- piece of trivia about Jerry Goldsmith. When he was writing Planet of the Apes, the, the score for Planet of the Apes, he wore an ape mask. <laughs> right? <laughs> Can you imagine that? I didn't know composers did method composing. Apparently, Jerry Goldsmith (laughs) did. Jerry Goldsmith did, and that's what matters. Oh, and so we got Patrick Troughton, too. Yeah, that's right. Doctor Who. We got a Doctor Who. Doctor Who, number two. Yes. So prior to this, he was like, you know... Jason the Argonauts. And he played a perfectly unhinged weirdo too. Yes, he's a Doctor great, Who. He's a great character actor. Yeah, he's he so was, fun. Like, uh, it was very believable how Gregory Peck's like, yeah, just stay away from me and my family, you nutter. You know, just like, <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> because like, oh my god, you're creeping. You gotta have communion every day, which is kind of great because on Doctor Who, he's charming and delightful and impish and then he's a total creeper what i don't understand is after he tells him he's got after he he cut he's convinced his son is the son of the devil he doesn't start taking communion every day Uh, ultimately it's his fault that he's dead he got told what he had to do Mm -hmm. and then he didn't do it if he'd been like like taking communion every day he wouldn't have sped yep the devil would have made him speed. The devil, or the bullet would have bounced off of him, or or hit a candelabra, giving him. Or enough the bullet would have would have wouldn't, wouldn't have struck him until after he had driven a stake yeah. through the heart of his child. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, the devil's child. Yeah, it wasn't so, his. Yeah. And you know, communion, you know, free wine. The kid was half dog. Like Half dog. Yeah. Half dog. That's why the dogs <laughs> liked him. Yeah. For for reasons I cannot understand, the popularity of what Rottweilers went up after this movie. <laughs> They're all like, Rottweilers are badass. I want I want Satan's guard dog or the Antichrist guard dog. Apparently, the one that played the uh, the the house dog, uh, Mrs. Baylock's dog, was apparently just a delightful dog, very friendly and and happy and not terrifying at all. So they had a very difficult time getting that one to act. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to pretend you hate me. And he's like, <laughs> will we play ball now? Rottweilers are really sweet. Yeah, they're big, turfy dupes. Yeah, they're they're good guard dogs because they're big and strong, but mostly they're just big doofuses. All right, so you're nearly at the uh, the end of our time. So, I've, I've got uh, what, some more. what other important tidbits do you have to share before we go to final thoughts? Well, we need to mention Billy Whitelaw, who is creepy nanny. I like Billy Whitelaw. Wispy, wispy, nanny. wispy bangs. She okay. We've already seen her on this podcast because she played Joyce in Hot Fuzz. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, she is a renowned <laughs> stage actor in Britain. Um, she worked with yeah, Samuel that's because Beckett. all English actors are renowned stage actors in Britain. Yeah. If they if they show up in a movie, it's because they're a renowned stage actor. Well, in it's, there's only so it's a small island too. Yeah, there's only the well, reason yeah. you keep seeing the same British actors is like it's basically the same actors and all the stuff. Yeah, she worked with Samuel Beckett, and he called her the perfect actress. Perfect. So if you trust Samuel Beckett, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Beckett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, David Warner. I need to talk about David Warner because yeah, David Warner is we awesome. We got ourselves some David Warner action. Yes. Okay. So, we, you know, Time Bandits. He's the evil genius in Time mm. Bandits. And he's in like three movies about the Titanic, including Titanic. Yeah. He's in Tron. <laughs> yep. Sark in Tron. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, he's in Mouth of Madness. And he, was he, he has like three was different he the roles. the bad guy in, in Star Trek, like five or six? Yes. He has like three or four he's different in time roles after in time. Star Trek and Time After Time. Time and he played Rachel Ghoul in uh, Batman the Animated Series and he was on Doctor Who. Doctor Who! Yes! Uh, literally hundreds of movies. I mean, and he's still going. 222 credits. Yeah. And counting. Yeah, he's total badass. Still alive, him. so he's yeah. catching up on Christopher Lee. Yeah. And uh, yeah, also stage actor in Britain. So, huh. Know. Who knew? Shocking. <laughs> and, and, and this is something I, I totally forgot. And, and uh, so the intervening years between the last time I watched the movie and this time, I realized the wonderful human that Leo McKern is. And I love Leo McKern. And Leo McKern is Boogenhagen near the end of the movie. The, he's a Ladyhawk priest guy. Yeah, he's the Ladyhawk priest guy. And he's in A Man for All Seasons. Walk on the left side. He's Rumpole of the Bailey. And <laughs> and he's on a couple episodes of The Prisoner. He's one of the number twos. And is, uh, is he in Doctor Who? He probably has Doctor been. Who! <laughs> I, I mean, don't know specifically. He's a British actor that yeah. was active in the yeah. 70s and 80s. And if he's he was been in television, since... he was on Doctor uh, Who. Yeah, he's And he in... wasn't Monty Python, because none of the Monty Python guys did Doctor Who, I guess. But everybody else did. John Cleese did. One of the, doc- none of the Monty Python guys did Doctor Who. At least one. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> <laughs> he was probably on Doctor Who. But he's also one of the renowned actors who has a glass eye. Just saying. 
And let's see, what else? What else? Uh, 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 oh, 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 going back to David <laughs> Warner. David Warner, he, he, he kept his head. He kept his severed head. Oh, well, that's a good... That's until a good. he got divorced, and now his ex-wife has it. Wow. <laughs> wow. You can have everything else. You can have everything else, but I want your head. Yes. His ex-wife said. <laughs> he was probably sick of looking at it. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. looking at his own head. And he's like, damn, I'm so much older than that head now. <laughs> that head looks good compared to, you know, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think uh, we're going to th- – I'm sure that Melissa's saving something for final thoughts. I've got a few. Uh, but, I'm making uh, decisions. But I, I will go to Kyle first. Kyle, uh, final thoughts on The Omen. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. It's kind of like a, a – movie buff checklist kind of thing saying yes i've seen the omen and i'm interested enough i might check out the other two now you should they're Um, they're not as good but they're kind of awesome in their own way uh and young sam neil yeah and sam neil uh so yeah it was gregory peck was great the overall performances the kid was perfectly creepy Mm -hmm. he said i i kind of dug that it was more of a like you said they all this could be explained and it was psychological more than, you know, it was, it was a, th- a thinking horror movie, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying it was smart. I don't know. It just, it's the son <laughs> of Satan. Like I wouldn't call it like, it wasn't a dumb script, but it wasn't like this big, you know, but it was, it was thoughtful and interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. All those things. Melissa, final thoughts. All right. So the original ending of this movie, uh, Peck, actually succeeds in killing the child and the MPAA freaked the fuck out which means (laughs) Satan wins (laughs) (laughs) what the hell happened there that's actually that's a more interesting ending especially with like if you say it's all explainable and everything Mm -hmm. like what if he just had a mental breakdown and killed his kid because some nutter convinced him that his yeah. kid was the son of Satan. And that's way more... It would be, uh, except the creepy nanny means that there was no way that wasn't the son of Satan. Mm-hmm. True. So, you know, but I uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's something that would be amusing about him killing the kid and then, of course, being arrested and, and you see him in a mental institution just, like, trying to explain, no, 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 seriously. I, s- I saved the world. I saved the world. And nobody <laughs> believes it. Nobody and then and then they like deliver a new baby in a, <gasps> in a different in with, a different place in a different different hospital but on Catholic June 6th hospital at six a.m. with yeah. a different dog yeah with a different dog <laughs> that'd be kind of cool yeah okay so, and oh and uh, David Warner was the first person cast as Freddy Krueger and he had to turn it down oh I can see him playing a good Freddy Krueger yeah David Not Warner the, yeah yeah I mean, I'd be on board. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in for, for that. Yeah, but it's too late. Yeah, it's too. And late. Mr. England did a really good job. So he did yeah. fine. He yeah. did fine. But yeah. now knowing it could have been David Warner, eh, it's all, it's still all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my final thought is uh, just that. Uh, that hanging scene, I really like that hanging scene. That's just, <laughs> You're grinning so much. It's just, it was. It, it's. It's just. You know. 
the fact that she she swings down and breaks the glass. I'm just like, that's that's fucking brutal, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all for and, you, Damien. And, yeah, it is all in front of a five year old's birthday party, just uh, like with a bouncy castle and a slide and everything. Yeah, yeah it's all for you, Damien. All for you, Damien. And she did it with a smile on her face the whole time. Yeah, so happy. I love you, Damien. That was also creepy that the nanny loved her five year old mm-hmm. charge. Son of the devil. Uh, All right. So uh, that's The Omen. We are going to be back on our regular schedule, we promise. Up next, as we mentioned uh, earlier uh, and then didn't do, is The Big Lebowski. We swear. even It's it's like this is our bad luck thing. You know, if you believe in confirmation (laughs) bias, we've been trying to do a Coen Brothers film ever since we realized that we haven't done a Coen Brothers film and we've been completely incapable of doing the goddamn Coen Brothers film. because you're not doing Raising Arizona first. That's why you're cursed. You're wrong. Okay, so we're (laughs) going to do- Or Hail Caesar. We're going to do- I love Hail Caesar, but it's- But it's- Anyway, we're going to do The Big Lebowski. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. We're going to be back here. We're going to do The Big Lebowski. Kyle, before we go, do you want to plug your podcast? Sure, you can plug my podcast, uh, The Movie Machine. It's on hotchocolatemedia.net or wherever podcasts are found. We uh, improv a movie based on a random prompt. Both Tim and Melissa have been on the show. You can find their episodes if you want. It's really funny. That is accurate. Uh, yeah. We, we've even been on the show together. Together. I also want to plug one one theater show I'm, being, I'm a part of that will be opening in a couple weeks and going through the end of June, and that's Caucasian Aggressive Pandas and Other Mulatto Tales. Yes. Uh, Band in Burnsville. Speaking of Duck Washington earlier. Yes. Uh, he wrote and stars in it. I'm the uh, stage manager, tech person for it. It's a really awesome show. He's updated the the script since 2015 because some things about race have happened what? since then, mm-hmm. and it's really few. freaking good. And if you can get down to Bloomington to see it, I highly recommend it. All right, thank you very much. All right, so this has been Real Love Education. Uh, swear to God, uh, or not, whatever you want. Uh, we are going to be back with the Big Lebowski next time. S- swear to the Son of Satan. Maybe. Swear to the Son of Satan. Okay. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a real education.